You are now listening to the Conversationalist Podcast. Hey guys, thanks for listening uh, to another episode of the Conversationalist Podcast. Uh, I'm Jesse, and I'm here with Amanda. Hi. And this is going to be episode 26, which is going to be the Batman The Killing Joke review, um, an animated movie which is, which is based on the um, graphic novel. Um this uh released this week and we actually went and saw it on monday um for a seven o'clock uh, showtime um this movie was uh released on the 25th um so um you know we, we took the opportunity to see it in the movie theaters um you know to be honest i wasn't even completely aware that it was going to be um a movie that was going to be uh available like for download online um, you know, I was under the impression that it was going to be something that, uh, you know, was going to be, uh, released, you know, in select movie theaters where you'd get the opportunity to see it, you know, ahead of time before it was downloaded. Um, cause it was part of a Fathom event, um, which was available at Edwards and, um, affiliated, uh, Edwards movie theaters, which is how we saw it in theaters. Um, you know, but we later found out that it was available for download and, you know, other people had downloaded it and chose to see it. Um, it's available on places like Amazon for like, I think it's like $15 for like standard definition and like 20 mm-hmm. for, um, high def. So, um, basically our review isn't going to be a side-by-side comparison of the original graphic novel and the movie itself only because, um, Amanda, uh, nor I have actually, um, read the, uh, uh, graphic novel. Um, however, we do know that um, a large portion of, you know, or most of the uh, backstory um, for Batgirl that was introduced in the movie um, wasn't actually included um, in the graphic novel. And so we'll basically just talk about, like, you know, um, how they explain her backstory or, like, you know, as far as how her character is in the movie, um, you know, and whether it actually adds an element uh, to the story or not. And, you know, whether it would be as good if she wasn't, um, you know, her character wasn't um, more involved in uh, the animated movie. So, you know, just going to kind of talk about, you know, whether it actually brings something to it or not. And, you know, just the overall movie itself. Um, For those that aren't familiar, which I really doubt that uh, people that would listen to this review aren't familiar with um, Batman the Killing Joke, just because... Uh, you know, for those that, you know, do have some knowledge of it or generally, you know, have generally already uh, read the graphic novel or, you know, have some some interest in, uh, you know, this this adaption. So um, this this uh, graphic novel basically uh, explores the origins of uh, the Joker and um, also um, results in. Uh, the Joker uh, causing Batgirl to be a paraplegic. She shoots her and ends up uh, paralyzing her. So, um, you know, basically shows the what's essentially the end of Batgirl, um, but the beginning of a new character, which is the Oracle. Um, so, uh, you know, with that said... Um, the beginning portion of the movie is actually, um, you know, pretty Batgirl heavy. And so uh, the reason for this, you know, according to, you know, the uh, 
you know, the writers and the director and stuff that uh, made the movie was that the original source material in the graphic novel just wasn't enough to uh, for them to create um, a, a full-length animated feature. So, you know, they had to extend the story by, you know, introducing some more uh, backstory for Batgirl in order to lengthen the amount of time. And so um, the movie length is an hour and 16 minutes, which, you know, even with the addition of, uh, you know, Batgirl's, uh, you know, backstory and her involvement in this this uh, um, story arc, it's still a rather short movie. Um, so... I mean, do you kind of want to, you know, kind of explain, like, you know, how the, how the movie starts, how the movie starts off, and like her involvement, like in the film, Amanda. Um. So it starts off. She's narrating the whole thing, and it kind of sounds bright and cheery or whatever. Um. Quickly, you see that they're gonna fight this younger crime boss named Paris. Which is Par- a weird name. It, it, yeah. Par- it's a dude. Paris France. Yeah. <laughs> ha ha ha, comic book writers. Right. Um, so, you know, they, they get into it and Paris gets kind of obsessed with Batgirl, um, which causes Batman and Batgirl to kind of fight because Batman keeps telling her that she needs to stay away from it because the guy's a psycho. Um, and Batgirl being stubborn, she just doesn't stay away. Um, so, um, I'm drawing a blank. Well, it, I mean, you know, I mean, I kind of add on top of that right there. When when this is happening, and uh, you know, they're basically fighting this dude Paris. Um, you know, it's it's. I mean, it's obvious that the dude is, you know, kind of a... I mean, it, and it mentions it several times in the story that, like, he is, like, some sort of sociopath. And so he does fixate on her. And, um, you know, he's basically concerned that, you know, due to his level of sophistication and uh, just how smart this guy is, that um, not only is he, like, you know, pretty formidable, but because of the fact that he's fixated on her and because of some of the actions he saw her take, when she was trying to, uh, you know, confront him, you know, during the, uh, when they were trying to stop a bank robbery, that, um, she wasn't, I don't know, I mean, I guess, um, she made mistakes that Batman thought were pretty glaring, like, when she was trying to, you know, trying to, uh, get him to not shoot her at one point, because he's, you know, she's looking down the barrel of his gun, and, uh, you know, she was pretty much convinced that, uh, you know, he wasn't as bad a guy as maybe Batman thought he was and that, like, he wasn't actually going to shoot her, even though Batman was like, well, yeah, he, you know, he may have, though. And and so the thing is, is that, um, you know, it's... it's That was one of his cronies, though, because he was driving and he got away. Right, but, I mean... It was one I mean, of the other guys in the truck that... Right, but I'm, I'm elaborating on her mistakes. Like, I mean, her mistakes in general just with, you know, like... Uh, you know, her, I mean, her general mistakes when they're trying to, you know, prevent this bank robbery and then just this this uh, Paris guy's, uh, you know, obsession with her that she's going to make uh, more mistakes. And because it, 
you know, it, it seems that he doesn't believe that she is aware of like how formidable this this guy can be. And it you know, at one point in the story, um, you know, when when she doesn't follow um, you know, Batman's order to basically have her step off the case and she tries to take him on alone, she she almost like I mean she almost loses. You know, uh, he ends up being pretty good in hand-to-hand combat and, you know, tries to poison her with some sort of gas that's going to put her to sleep. And, you know, it was two-on-one. He had his other crony there. She was by herself because she'd gone in without Batman against his wishes. And the only thing that saved her ass before she passed out was that she locked herself in, uh, in a vault that they had broken into. And so... You know, that basically bought her the time for Batman to show up and and basically, like, get her out of there. And, you know, by that time, they'd already fled. But, you know, she saved her. She saved herself barely in that circumstance. And again, he's telling her, hey, look, you need to back off of this. Because at this point, she's trying too hard to prove herself and to prove that she's not compromised or to prove that, um, you know, he doesn't have to be concerned for her well-being. But, like, her actions and everything she's doing is showing the complete opposite. You know, she's not necessarily showing that she's capable of doing what she says she's capable of doing because her actions and her lack of action in some of the previous uh, circumstances related to that initial bank robbery just show that, like, maybe she should, uh, you know, step off the case. But, of course... You know, she continues to move forward because, uh, you know, she thinks that she's more than capable, which Batman reminds her that they aren't even in the same league, you know, and he basically tells her we aren't equals, um, which, you know, she seems to not understand. So, um, you know, in this, uh, it seems like you're left to wonder Um, you know, whether or not he's just generally concerned for her well-being, you know, like whether he just generally just doesn't want to see her get hurt or whether it's a matter of not just him not wanting to see her get hurt as much as it is that there's like some sort of like, you know, love there for her or interest, you know, for her that it's more him trying to protect her because like, he likes her, likes her, as opposed to just trying to protect his sidekick. And so, you know, you're kind of left wondering, like, what his motivation is specifically and whether or not, like, he's trying to protect this love interest or whether he's just trying to keep his partner safe. And, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, when it's cutting, you know, when it's doing cutscenes later on, like when she's not in the Batgirl suit and she's, like, in a library with her friend... You know, she's constantly talking about kind of being in a relationship, but it's complicated, you know, referring to her relationship with Batman and, you know, that she really doesn't know what to do as as far as their relationship goes, um, you know, which is technically non-existent, but, you know, she's basically indicating that she does have an interest in him and, you know, does care about him, but, you know, obviously, you know, Batman doesn't show it or reciprocate any sort of, you know, affection toward her. 
except uh, you know at one point in the storyline where he's basically telling her that she's off the case and she's saying that she isn't you know she gets upset and starts you know throwing you know throwing kicks and punches at him and they get in a you know a little scuffle where he basically tosses him down uh, or she basically tosses him down and uh, you know ends up on top of him but instead of um, you know continuing to fight they start to kiss and then you know like kind of cuts away from this scene when she's like taking off her mask and like taking off her top and it's pretty much you know indicating that I mean you know what happened like it's you know it's indicating that they had they had sex and uh you know when it then does another cut scene where she's in the library then talking about the fact that uh you know she had slept with this guy that um you know she was kind of in a complicated relationship with um you know you find out that uh they haven't actually been in any sort of communication for several days and eventually uh you know she does call him on like their uh on their communicators in order to see if he needs any sort of help uh um but you know he indicates that he doesn't and that he was actually um in route to like a like a harbor area where they'd been where he tracked uh Paris France and basically tells her that you know he doesn't doesn't need her there but you know they'll talk about like what happened later and you know basically she's it seems like she's confused and like she's needy and she's really wanting to talk about this and like she just wants things to go back to the way they were and like it shouldn't have happened and maybe it was a mistake and I can forget all about it if you're willing to forget all about it like it's just sex it really wasn't anything at all you know not if you don't think it was and so um it seems to me there were a lot of people that weren't necessarily happy with like her story arc because it's kind of you know delving into her character a little bit more but you know in the original um graphic novel people already kind of had a problem with like you know what ends up happening to her because in the in the original story you know she's basically like just a victim with very little actual involvement in the story arc itself and where you know basically like her whole involvement is just being a victim to the joker that you know obviously leads batman you know to you know go after you know the joker to stop him and so like she's just like a step a stepping stone in the story arc um you know that that furthers the plot line but like she had you know is like i said essentially a strong female character that ends up you know just being a victim for the purposes of the story and also results in like her um you know also also results in like what's essentially the end of batgirl and i know the intention of like the original story was wasn't meant to be like canon per se like it was just meant to be like an encapsulated storyline but you know some of it later did become canon you know with that included so um you know there were already a lot of people that weren't necessarily happy with like you know how that got included as canon and the fact that uh you know she was basically just a victim in the story well now not only is she a victim in this story but you know people are basically saying that like she's a weak character or she looks like a weak character or like you know some confused girl um you know as a pro as opposed to you know this this uh strong female uh superhero huh? 
You know, she's like well, a confused... Well, she was whiny. Uh, like she's practically begging Batman, like, oh, please take me back is whatever, you know, after they did it. It's like, who cares? Like, you know, they had sex, whatever. Move on. Right. And it, it was just, I mean, it did, it did really seem like she was really needy and, you know, very whiny and, you know, very unsure of herself and... Um, you know, all of the characteristics that aren't necessarily indicative of a superhero. And so, um, you know, I can see where people, you know, kind of look at this storyline and they're like, oh, God, you know, the original storyline, like, yeah, she was a victim that just furthered the plot line of the story. And so, you know, shame on DC or, you know, shame on the writers for like, you know, basically, you know, throwing away, you know, Batgirl as a, as a superhero because basically like she just gets paralyzed and that's it. And then you fast forward to this animated series where it's like, yeah, she has more involvement and like she's helping, you know, she's helping along with this like storyline that eventually goes into like the, you know, the main portion of, uh, you know, where the graphic novel covers. But she's just, you know, a whiny girl that's like confused about, you know, her relationship or lack thereof with Batman and, you know, whether or not, you know, he's willing to accept her or see her as an equal and you know how she's basically trying to like fight for his affection and um you know trying to get things to go back to the way they were and then gets victimized and paralyzed so um yeah i can kind of see where there was that and then plus you're also talking about you know her you know her having sex with batman which again isn't part of uh the original graphic novel and it's like really you know she's she's this confused whiny person that has all, like basically all of these like character flaws and then on top of that you know she basically like throws herself at batman who hits it and quits it <laughs> right and yeah. then and then she gets you know and then she gets you know and then, then later she gets paralyzed so um you know that you know imagine the movie doesn't include a lot of that backstory right it includes all of the um, stuff related to Joker's origins. And let's say it fast forwards through all of, uh, um, you know, Batgirl's um, little backstory and all the little bullshit that she has going with uh, Batman. Um, and then kind of, you know, segues into, uh, you know, them discovering, you know, that uh, Joker's escaped. And then just kind of goes from there. Like, how do you see that as a movie without all of Batgirl's involvement as far as does this portion of the storyline really ruin the movie or does it I think people would have been happier if they hadn't added that if they had done what the graphic novel had done and then maybe added onto the story afterwards instead of trying to stuff the beginning with something that didn't belong yeah you know i mean i understand that like people would be more happy with just basically taking everything like right from the graphic novel and animating it but i mean they you know they did need to lengthen it um and so you know where else where else do you lengthen it you know the end but if they wanted to go into Batgirl's story more, why not go into her being Oracle, like they hinted at the end of the movie? 
instead of doing all the beginning stuff that had nothing to do with her getting shot. Uh, you know, I mean, to me, it seemed like Batgirl was the more logical, um, like, extension of the story. Because you already have a lot of, like, origin type, uh, you know, stuff in there for Joker. We already know, like, what Batman's origins and, you know, that, you know, he's a grizzled veteran and, you know, that, you know, we already know everything related you know, to Batman, I mean, there's been plenty of Batman material, not so much Joker stuff, so I mean, obviously, that's already in the story, because it's in the graphic novel, too. At the same time, you know, this is more about, like, this specific portion of the graphic novel, where, you know, okay, she gets paralyzed, and then he goes after the Joker, catches the Joker, you know, there's the joke at the end, and then, you know, then, obviously, in this animated movie, it then hints that, you know, she becomes the Oracle, but, like, to me, it almost goes off the story when you start talking about start talking about her focusing more about her being the oracle. You're like just like you know, there's this topic, but then you're going off topic because you're now going into her being the oracle. That's it's, how people felt about her having sex with Batman. No, I mean because I mean, yeah, that's what they felt. The whole beginning part was well, was stuff that wasn't necessary to the story. They so could be seen either way. You well, ask. I'll disagree, and here's why I disagree. Because people just feel like, oh, okay, it's not necessary because it was in the original plot line. Okay, I get that. Um, you know, you suggest that, you know, sh they should have elaborated more on, like, hers the Oracle toward the end of the story. But that's just it. You're adding on to the end of the story, so that's not to me that's not a logical place to start extending the you know what's what's regarded as like one of the one of the darker plot lines in you know in you know in, in like Batman and the Joker like this is you know it's a it's a darker story but you don't add on to the end of it like you know with you know with her being the oracle that just doesn't make sense to me where it makes sense is obviously they've already extended the origins um you know i mean they're already talking about joker's origins we already know about batman's you know we already know like you know batman's background so it doesn't make sense to really go into any more detail with batman well that's why i didn't suggest batman i get it so as i was saying though what i'm saying is that it makes it makes sense for them to extend her story because it is able to develop a relationship or that there is some there is something there you know there is some sort of emotional attachment there between Batgirl and between Batman whether or not like they're actually dating his boyfriend girlfriend or any sort of crap like that to me it makes sense that you know that's what you know drives Batman like you know even further and harder is because not only is Batgirl, uh, you know, the sidekick, but they had, you know, an emotional attachment as well. And so, even though people would say, oh, well, the sex scene wasn't necessary. But to me, like, if it was just some sort of, like, relationship confusion... Okay, so minus the sex scene, 
minus the sex scene, they're just like, oh, you know, I don't know if he likes me or doesn't like me, or oh, well, and then nothing happens, and then she gets paralyzed. Well, you know, there's not a lot that was there in addition to, you know, I mean, there's not much that's added. Okay, so she's not sure whether he likes her or not, and then she gets paralyzed. And, like, they never had any sort of, like, relationship, you know, or physical, you know, intimacy at all. So, I mean, just her being not sure if, like, you know, he, you know, he likes her in that way, and then she gets paralyzed, it doesn't add anything. But, you know, obviously, to go into, like, a whole dating-type relationship to add to the storyline, like, you're almost getting off topic with, like, what the basis of the storyline is. So you can't go there either. But what you can do is introduce the fact that, you know, there is some confusion there as to whether or not there's some sort of relationship or whether there's some sort of interest and that they do have, um, you know, some sort of sexual connection or interaction that, you know, basically shows that that is there, Um, you know, and that, you know, then you're wondering, oh, well, maybe Batman is concerned for her because of the fact that he cares for her as well as the fact that you know he's you know that she's the you know the sidekick so now now she gets paralyzed and you're like oh okay well wow you know batman you know obviously cared for her and i mean i mean we all know he cared for her because that was that was his sidekick but what i'm saying is like on not just the platonic level of, oh, I cared for this person because this was my sidekick, but, you know, we also had a physical slash emotional attraction too, you know, that's added because of the cutscene where, you know, everybody's, you know, positive that that's exactly what happened. So then she gets paralyzed and, you know, obviously that's a huge emotional driver for Batman to continue and finish, uh, you know, with with uh, finding the Joker and, and and getting him is that you know they there there could have been some sort of you know relationship that probably could have developed out of that physical interaction that he had with Batgirl, but you know now she's a fucking paraplegic. So I mean, I guess if Batman wasn't a dick. He could still try to continue a relationship with a woman that's handicapped, right? I mean, because she's not dead, and she becomes the Oracle. So, I mean, if he wasn't a complete dick and he really cared about her, you know, he would continue a relationship with her even though she's in a chair. But, you know, you could, you know, you, you know, assume that he doesn't or that a relationship doesn't continue. So, there's that. You know, basically, she gets paralyzed and... There's no interest there anymore. But, I mean, that's where it makes sense to me. And I think it adds, like, a good amount of, um, you know, detail as far as, like, their, you know, their relationship goes and whether or not there's a relationship or a possibility of a relationship that could exist, you know, or could develop out of, you know, what happens between them. And at the same time, you know, adds that element of, uh, you know, like urgency to Batman wanting to finish uh, you know with finding the Joker because 
of the fact that not only did he lose his sidekick, but you know this this person that he obviously does a care does care about on a on a physical you know and emotional level is now paralyzed. So, you know, I think it made sense, and whether or not like Pyrrhus agree that it makes sense or not, I think that whereas they needed to you know add on to the storyline for time of all the places they could have added it to me like you know extending it with her made the most sense now whether or not they actually agree with the content and whether they felt it was necessary you know sometimes they feel like there's just too many people that look way too much in to the story and like what it implies you know because you were reading an article on some of the fallout from like people's reactions to you know after they uh watched the animated movie and then had an immediate q a session uh you know with like the writers and directors of the um of the movie at comic-con right right and so i mean did you want to go into some detail about like you know like what some people in particular thought of that and like you know what the dust up was from like they were mad about it i mean that's all it really came down to and the creators defended their work i mean but it wasn't as simple as that because you um you know when you had uh mentioned you know that uh article before you know the the person on the panel was explaining why they had done it and then the person that was in the Q&A had made a comment about it, about Batgirl's character. So it's, you know, what was the, like, detail related to that? So um, Bruce Tim said that the reason they did it was because um, way back in the Adam West show, there was an unstated attraction between the two characters. So they just did it in the comics. Um and then there was this reporter that basically yelled out from the crowd that Batgirl was just using sex and then pining over Bruce. Um, and then one of the screenwriters, um, Brian Azzarello, um, got mad and he was like, what? Say that again, pussy. And people just got mad over him um, calling that reporter a pussy. So things just kind of went out of control from there. And I mean, so I mean, I could understand like people's frustration, but like to me, like to basically like attack the writers or the directors on like you know what direction they chose to go with the story. I mean, I get that like people could be upset. I mean, obviously, you know, we get a little miffed, you know, obviously, like with Marvel and then doing the new 52 and basically like playing opposite world with like every character on like you know older new story arcs and stuff, like. So, I mean, but the thing is, is, like, we're just not happy with it. You know, but to go, like, on a Q&A and, like, to basically, like, be a dick uh, and then be mad that somebody that obviously invested a shit, shit ton of time and effort, you know, to, like, bring this story to life, uh, you know, and then get, like, you know, harsh criticism from it, they're going to be a little emotional, too. I mean, I understand the fans get emotional because... You know, obviously the, the, you know, they really appreciated the story and, um, you know, they don't like that, like, you know, it, 
you know, had these changes or like these things added to the story that they, they already felt it was a strong story and it didn't need all this extra shit in it. But at the same time, like just because these dudes, um, you know, do this for a living, um, you know, I mean, these people do have like a passion for what it is that they do. They have feelings. Yeah. I mean, these aren't guys that like are clocking into a fucking job, you know, clocking into a job and then doing it with like absolutely like no emotional investment and then just leaving. You know, they're really putting it out there. I mean, they're really, you know, trying to bring a story to life and, like, you know, they're, you know, putting their time and energy and effort into making something that they feel, um, you know, is, is a quality thing that they can bring to the fans and the fans appreciate. You know, but, like, when, you know, fans basically come out and, like, they have all this animosity towards these people and, you know, imply that, like, these people don't give a shit or, you know, that they're, like, you know, ruining they're ruining characters and you know doing all this stuff like i'd be pissed too um you know and i mean this is just a raw emotional reaction that i think some people are just kind of you know reacting to i think uh a little too harshly i mean should he have called the dude a pussy i mean probably not because it's i mean if anything it's just more unprofessional than anything i mean because he is a professional but, you know, obviously, you know, that comment, you know, to, like, a writer, you know, isn't really that professional. But at the same time, like, I can understand where, like, you know, maybe his emotions got the best of him. Um, you know, ultimately, I thought the, the movie was uh, pretty good. Um, I mean, whether or not you've actually seen the graphic novel, I think that, you know, if you're a fan, you know, you're going to appreciate it. I, I, I really don't think that people should really be taking it that serious that, oh, Batgirl slept with Batman or that, you know, she had, you know, some sort of emotional attachment to him. You know, there's too many people these days that are just so concerned with, like, oh, this, you know, she was, a, you know, she's a super strong female character and, you know, uh, you know, she shouldn't, you know, th- this isn't how, you know, that character should be acting. You know, ultimately, these characters, like, I mean, if this was real, they're they're people. I mean, and she's the one that decided to sleep with him. Right. I mean, it was. I mean, obviously, it was mutual. Batman wouldn't have had sex with her if he didn't care for her um, in some way, shape, or form. And likewise, she wouldn't have thrown herself at him if she didn't like him either. You know, and in in the end, like you know, Batman and Batgirl are are just people. You know, and that kind of shit happens with people you know i mean obviously this is a cartoon and this kind of shit doesn't happen without it being written into the story but you know ultimately i don't think that there's anything that's necessarily wrong with that happening in the story arc um you know it's not something that's an impossibility and you know i think that some people are just kind of you know being a little bit uh like too emotional about something that's like rather simple and plausible um so uh you know the story the story in the movie itself i thought it was good i didn't think that uh, the addition of a lot of uh, batgirl story really stuck out like a sore thumb i thought it actually flowed really well with um you know obviously the back the backstory of joker um you know everything that's happening with joker and batman uh you know the little fights they're having with like paris france 
and then like you know just uh all the uh backstory that comes with um you know batgirl's character development up to you know her getting paralyzed you know and then obviously the conclusion of the movie i thought it actually flowed really well and they did a good job of integrating it and so if you just kind of don't look at it you know with the comparison to how it is to the graphic novel and just um you know grade the movie like on its face um you know putting the graphic novel aside i think is a quality film and uh i I would actually watch it again it was really good there's i mean there's a lot of people that didn't didn't appreciate it but you know obviously everybody's different um what are your final thoughts on the on the movie i thought it was good there was some humor in it it was you know it's funny mark hamill can sing that was interesting yeah he can sing joker singing in the animated short was fucking amazing mark hamill was a fantastic joker i mean everybody knew he would be um but yeah he could definitely sing that was pretty impressive What's funny is that a lot of people said that Kevin uh, Conroy, you know, who's actually like, um, you know, a lot, a lot of people consider him to be like a really good uh, Batman voice actor. It's kind of wooden, did you think? I mean, there wasn't a lot of like emotional variation in like Batman's voice through the whole story. I mean, I know he's like this grizzled Batman veteran, but I mean. Well, it didn't seem like Batman talked a lot in the movie, to be honest. Well, it didn't talk a lot in the movie. And then when he did talk, it was just like this. It was almost monotone. It was just like the same thing throughout. Like it wasn't really hard to like you know have the batman voice so um i don't know to me he was just batman yeah i mean it was it was just batman i mean i guess it really didn't stick out i mean it didn't stick out like oh that doesn't sound like batman i mean it sounded like batman but it was just like to me like like mark hamill's voice acting like really really stuck out as you know just a big talent and specifically with the singing that amanda brought up it was really cool which, um, for the Fathom event, they actually got into, like, how they did some of the voice recording. And so, you can really appreciate, uh, the level of emotion that he puts into the voice, um, of Joker. So, that was cool. And the sex scene wasn't all rapey, like everyone made it sound like. Yeah, like, seriously, it was her, you know, her mask comes off, the shirt comes off, and then it's cutscene. I mean, they kept her bra on, so it's not like animated boobies. There's a bra covering it, and then you don't see any of the lower half. You don't see them moving around, and I don't. I don't understand. People made it sound way more grotesque than it was. Right, and I went in there thinking I was going to see some kind of rapey porn. Like that's how <laughs> some of the reviews made it sound. Right, it wasn't anything like that at all. But making her whiny was annoying. And also, when she was fighting Paris, and she was getting super angry and, like, beating him up, and he was like, oh, is it that time of the month? That was kind of, eh, I didn't like that. It's like, what, she can only be angry and beating him up when she's on her period? Like, get real. But he's a bad guy. Still, though, doesn't need to make Oh, how dare somebody write that? How dare they? They A bad guy. A bad guy would never get personal with with a... with a good person didn't need to be made yeah whatever i thought that was i thought that was real because somebody would totally try to like you know piss you off in that manner who's like truly an enemy to try to say something about like your family try to be personal with you or try to you know like well to me if people are gonna get mad over things they should be getting mad over that comment and 
Batgirl's clinginess to Batman after the sex scene as opposed to the sex scene itself. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. So, I recommend seeing it. Definitely give it a look. Obviously, you could see it like a lot cheaper by just downloading off of Amazon and paying 15 bucks instead of paying like almost $30 like we did to go to the movie theater. Or buy it on Blu-ray on August 2nd. Yep. So... I recommend it, and obviously being on Blu-ray August 2nd will probably have some sort of like bonus material, which will include some of the material we are talking about um, with like how they did the voice acting and how they you know, recorded the, uh, the uh, music for the animated film, so definitely check that out. I recommend it. I think it's great. I disagree with the people that don't like it. Um, I think Amanda also agrees. Um, so um, that's our... Uh, people are just too sensitive these days. I concur. And uh, that's pretty much our review. So um, thanks for listening. Um, if you want to email us, you can at uh, thatconversationalist at gmail.com. Um, you can check us out at uh, Facebook at That Conversationalist, um, uh, on Twitter at, at ThatConPodcast. Um, you can download us and listen to us on SoundCloud or also check us out on um, iTunes at uh, Conversationalist and uh, So, thanks for listening. It's episode 26, and uh, have a good night. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.